This is the Renewing Our City podcast, session number four. City Podcast, the podcast that will help you share Jesus and serve others in your own neighborhood to around the world. I'm your host, Pastor Matt Shaw. This is the podcast that's going to help you lead others on the mission of God, and I'm very excited about today's episode. As always, you can connect with me on Twitter at Pastor Matt Shaw or tweet using the hashtag Renewing Our City. One word, Renewing Our City. Remember, you can find the show notes and more information about this episode at PastorMattShaw.com forward slash 004. so great to have you listening. If you just started listening to this podcast, we're still pretty new. Episode number four we're on. And uh, go back into the archives and listen to the first couple shows. I'm not going to lie. I'm trying to get better. And uh, I've got some great feedback from my friends, my mother-in-law, my wife. They're all saying how goofy I am recording this podcast, trying to sound like a radio show host. Dave Ramsey is one of my influences in my life. So he's always kind of crazy on his show and, and uh, really, really charismatic. So I'm going to just be me and try to just chill out a little bit on how I talk. But uh I got my daughter, Lily, she's over in the other room uh, listening to, uh, actually, she's watching Cinderella, maybe listening, playing with her toys, playing with tons of her Barbies, but also Liam's up in his bed sleeping, my wife's running some errands, Kristen's my wife, and then Marco, my dog, he's about a 75-pound Labradoodle, he's lounging in his kennel, I'm looking over at him, hopefully he won't make any noise for this show. But today's feature interview is Joshua Gow, and I actually recorded the first episode with Joshua on African missions. He's uh, He recorded that, we recorded that, and it can be found at pastormattshaw.com forward slash 003, episode number three. And it was just a great interview all about African missions. We talked about the prosperity gospel. We talked about how he's influencing Africa and how we can be a part of that. He works with children and church planters alike, and he really has a great, uh, credible min- ministry that he supports. Check that out. But today he's going to be talking about... Uh, working in the United States here in our local community with uh, refugees in particular, but also just how the nations have been brought to our country. In my town, we have many refugees that come all throughout the world who were persecuted, who were in danger in their own countries, and they have been brought here by the government. But we really have an opportunity to bless them, to help them, to get them situated, and they have many needs whether it's uh, you know English as a second uh, language classes or it is uh, just basic needs with finances or getting an apartment, going to doctor's appointments. There's so many needs for these refugees. And Joshua has really been filling in the gap. And this has dropped in. Well, there's my daughter, Lily. Lily, say hi. Hi. Oh, there's Lily. So we're recording, baby. So why don't you go out here? She wants an Oreo. I'll be back. 
And we're back. Well, man, my daughter is cute. I just love her so much. And uh, we better hurry up because uh, hopefully Liam won't wake up. But today's feature guest is Joshua Gow, like I mentioned, talking on uh, refugees and ministry here in America that the Lord brings the nations to us and how we can serve and love them in the name of Jesus. So here it is, Joshua Gow. Well, uh, we're here in... uh I have once again uh, Pastor Joshua Gao, and he's with me from Fishers of Men Ministries. He is the president as well as the founder of Fishers of Men Ministry, and he was just telling me that they have been doing ministry for over 20 years uh, in Kenya, Africa, as well as here in uh, the United States. And our last interview, that was episode number three of the Renewing Our City podcast. You can check that out at pastormattshaw.com forward slash zero zero three. And uh, uh, Joshua talks all about uh, doing ministry in Africa. We talk about the prosperity gospel and some of the issues that that brings, as well as church planning and many other things of reaching people in Kenya and how to find a missionary to support in Kenya and some of those qualifications. But today, we want to talk about doing ministry in the United States of where God has brought the nations, I always like to say, to uh, the United States with refugees and immigrants that have come to the United States, uh, and we want to minister to them. So welcome to the show, Joshua, and uh, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, I know, uh, you know, over three quarters of your guys' support with Fishers of Men goes to Kenya and working with child sponsorships, church planning, and you're just doing awesome things over there. But the way I've interacted with you most has been through working with uh, an organization called World Relief and Habitat for Humanity. You minister here in uh, Iowa, where I live, uh, to different, different people that have been refugees around the world that come to our hometown. So... Tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that. Uh, maybe it was just organically, just because you know Swahili, but how did you get involved ministering here in the Quad Cities? Yeah, and uh, you know, as I said in the you know uh, the other time when I uh, talked on this podcast, is that um, um, it's more a call. You know, the Lord, once the Lord has called you, there's no way you will go anywhere. If you are called for evangelism, you will find yourself, even if you are traveling, in a, in a, you are flying, you will find yourself just sitting and being so uncomfortable if you are not telling anybody about the Lord and you will find yourself preaching to somebody. And you got that burning passion. <laughs> so we have, so the Lord calls you and gives, you know, the, the, the passion or the call that he has called you, it is planted in you. And wherever you go, you will find yourself exercising it. One of the things that uh, we, uh, we, you know, when the Lord called me is about children. And I love children a lot. And because of all the orphans, we in Kenya, we have 270 right now. Wow. 63 of them in high school. And these ones who are in high school, some of them are in uh, 11th grade this year. And we started with them when they were in preschool. So the, the, we have been with them all the way. And, you know, we, you know, they are like our own children. That is so cool. And one of the, there's a child even, you know, who was, uh, when the, the child was born, was thrown in a, you know, um, uh, the toilet outside. And, uh, you know, 
A, a lady went and found had a child crying and called oh the, the the local people and they just you know uh, broke the concrete and they scooped the child and they brought the child to us. The, this child doesn't have you know parents. The parents are fishers of many ministries. She's twelve. You know she's. She's being supported by sponsored right now by a missionary. Some of our missionaries who just went to Turkey last year, and uh, they 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 love her a lot. And we named her, we named her Grace. She's you know all our posters and all our you know communications. So that's what we the Lord called us, and our passion is everywhere we go. We. Have, you know, I have to exercise that, you know, wherever, you know. So that's how, you know, when I came and I felt that the Lord, uh, after coming to the U.S., uh, I settled in Davenport because after a couple of mission, you know, coming back and forth from Kenya, I met, you know, uh, my wife here in Davenport. Yeah. And my wife was originally from Davenport and we settled here. And we felt that the Lord wanted us to settle here first for our children to get education, second for us to get, you know, um, you know, to be able to help more people in Africa when we are in the U.S. because we become missionaries for them and we become a voice to the, uh, to yes. the needs that are in Africa and uh, so that we can be able to help them much better. But, uh, you know, during that time, uh, like eight years ago, the Lord started bringing the same people that we were serving in Africa to their court cities. And at one time I was called and told um, by World Relief that can you help, you know, because there are people who are coming to, uh, from Africa and they speak Swahili and they're arriving at the airport and there's nobody else who can be able to speak their Swahili in this this area, because I, that time I was the only Swahili-speaking person in this area. Wow. And so I uh, went to the airport with the world relief. We picked the, you know, the, 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 the people. And when they arrived, the only person who could talk to them was myself. Anything that they wanted, you know, going to the, to, all their appointments to get their social security to get everything they had to rely on me you know um being able to talk uh, to them and uh, it is because of that that as their children came and became I started translating for the Rock Island School District and the Davenport School District, Moline School District and all that just, you know, making sure that the children were going to school. And, uh, you know, during that time is when, you know, we started it is not like we decided like let's start a church or let's start this. That came you know, just that, you know, because the needs started showing yes. up. And th that's what we, the Lord has called us to do. And, you know, when they came, they had no beds or they... World Relief does a great job. Anybody, when you see people 
who have no beds or somebody needing a bed or needing plates or needing, you know, you know, it, those are not people, original people are being brought by Wild Relief. Mm-hmm. Wild Relief, when they bring, they pick somebody and they bring them, let's say, to the court cities, they take care of that person 100%. Yes. They give they don't buy, you know, uh, get used beds. They buy new beds and everything, and they equip that person. The people that are problems right now and the people that we are serving a lot are the people who are coming from, they arrived in Texas, from Africa. They came, the organizations that who brought them to the, to the United States, they brought them to Texas. And then they did, they find that they have relatives in the court cities. So they move from Texas to the court cities to settle here. So those are people when you see like yesterday, you know, you know, you know, couple. I I have just put, you know, that we have a, a world relief called me that they need beds for a uh, uh, for a family of eight who came and they are even right now sleeping on the floor, and um, and uh, so these are people that right now the main problem is the people who are arriving from other uh you know uh, you know uh, coming back here to join you know their people or just finding that there's a lot of uh you know government housing in Moline and and Rock Island that they move to this yes. area life is easier or cheaper you know it, it's easier to live in the quad cities than being in Texas and there are more jobs around here so those people as they wait to get a job, that, those are people who have, you know, really are having problems. So it is starting automatically for us to be able to uh, to help those families. And uh, since then, we have seen that we have been able to reach so many people um, uh, who have, you know, hundreds. We have over 400 uh, Swahili-speaking families in the court cities. Wow. So let's let let me jump in there real quick because I think you could talk all day because your passion uh, just about uh, serving people here, just God bringing people really to you to be able to minister, and you've you've there's different churches and and ways that you have been able to help and partner with to serve uh, these this population. But let's back up just real quick and let's talk about some of the issues. This might be a little controversial, but just. Uh, some of the things that you've seen, uh, it might be racism, it might be uh, people not wanting refugees to come here, it may be uh, open arms, but how have you seen people get treated as they come from Africa, Burma, other countries to the United States as refugees, uh, in your opinion? Um, I can say that... Um especially the quad cities um there there is real the people here um they are loving they're real passionate even when people go let's say like to the to see a doctor and they don't speak english you'll find that people try to serve them 
And uh, even those people who have come and, you know, when they arrive here, because they have to go to so many, you know, appointments, you'll find that most of the people, there are times that, let's say like, you know, churches and organizations who are here, there are so many people who are ready either to volunteer because these people cannot drive. Yeah. And you'll find people saying, I will, you know, you know, a church when you announce, you know, the, you know, um, uh, you'll find that there are many people who are willing to serve these people as they arrive. Because the world relief, when they, one of the things that they do is that when they are people coming, any, any, any family coming, they have also to, to put volunteers together so that they can be able to transport them mm-hmm. to different or even some of them to get a place to stay with them or a family like being adopted by a church that the church saying we won't be uh, the ones to take care of the transportation and any other things. We have a church like one of the churches just next to you know my office here that took a family of nine and for the last five years they have helped them all the way through. Wow. But you know this family has just anything that they do they have been coming to me because i have to translate so it gave me a lot of work to to be able to help them to 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 become where to 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 reach where they are but uh the quad cities we don't have a lot of, a lot of problems of people that you know showing uh you know that the 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 love of Christ or just loving people as people they really are very passionate when they especially when they find that somebody has come from you know other countries uh to uh to the we have had several things that have happened and, and that's where we saw the real love and passion of people we have had Two instances that happened like three years ago. One, a child drowned at one of the swimming pools. <coughs> and this child was from Liberia. And we had the whole community, you know, you know, come and help and wow. just, you know, be involved. We had a child now, a Swahili speaking, that drowned at the Mississippi River, the 11-year-old. And that's, you know, you know, the... The parents were helped all the way to settle and even ambitant for humanity were able to build a house for them last year and now they live right here in Davenport with a four-bedroomed house. And that has helped them to feel that part of this community. So I can say that, uh, you know, um, the, uh, the people in the Quad Cities are way different than, you know, most of other places where I've heard that, you know, there is a kind of, a, you know, a standoff on when they see people coming in. People here are very, they welcome, and even you can, you know that a couple of months ago, they even the first, the only mayor who was able to say, you know, those kids who had crossed the border, you know, they are welcome to come and we will try to take care of, was our mayor here in Davenport, who said, 
yeah we you know they are welcome to come and we will help them so those that's kind of a heart that you know i've seen here in the quad cities and i think that's why we are you know many people are moving to the quad cities because of the love i think it's pretty cool and and you know just growing up uh i don't remember uh, interacting with a lot of refugees and as i got into ministry and missions just the nations coming to uh, where I live here and, and all throughout the United States, uh, the government and different people that are being affected by refugee camps and genocide and, and being persecuted, uh, possibly even for, for being a Christian, they're coming to the United States and they don't have a lot of resources. They don't usually speak the, the language. They're not speaking English and they don't have a place to live. And so uh, it's, it's really cool because pretty much what you're telling me and what I've experienced you know, working alongside of you and with World Relief is we can be the hands and feet of Christ by taking these people who even being here in America with nothing is better than where they were because of uh, the death and, and the things they've been through. But you guys are coming alongside, I know, teaching uh, English uh, English classes, taking them to the hospital visits, take medical visits, uh, getting them educated, getting their children in school, getting them the, the the furnishings for their houses. I just think it's such a tangible ministry. How has that opened up to sharing the gospel with with refugees that you've worked with? Yeah, you know, one of the things actually we have almost I think four churches right now in the court cities, churches that are more African. And, uh, you know, they have started, we have helped them, and, you know, some of them, they are, you know, they have their own churches now, and just with that, they feel like part of the community. One of the things that um, I think many people should know or should think about is um, the Lord has told us that, you know, to start with Jerusalem and then go to Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. And uh, many people, as I talk to people, everybody is saying, can I go with to Africa with you? I want to take a mission trip to Africa. But Africa has come to the Quad Cities. Yes. There's a mission right here in your own Jerusalem where there are so many needs. Jesus, he said when he would come, he would say, uh, I was angry. I did not have food. I did not have, you know, you know, this and this and that. I remember one time, you know, you know, taking, uh, you know, some, you know, we, we have been taking all these, you know, when we take um, beds and all that. To the to some of the people who have nothing, and you find that the beds that you give just to the you know either throw out or you give to some organizations here, and you don't know what it is done. These are go exactly to the need, and yourself actually you help to put the beds inside, and you find that when you go to the house, there is nothing yes. at all. So that's, I, I think when you look at that, that's how, that's Jesus who has come and he wants you to, to be able to say, he's saying, I don't have a bed. Can you give me a bed? And you, when you help some of these, uh, you know, uh, people, it is, uh, one time it was very cold and we brought like uh, several uh, people from, um, uh, four families from Chicago 
and then got apartments at uh, Sandwoods Apartments in Rock Island. And at night, one of the one of the ladies had a little uh, uh, child, and it was cold, and there was no blanket. Mm. She had to remove her own, you know, dress or her own skirt to cover the baby because the baby was very cold, and there was. And that morning, I was, you know, I went, you know, I called the radio station, Moody Radio, and we got enough. We had a semi full of stuff <laughs> to take to the people that day, just to take care of the needs. And just being on radio for five minutes, and people started just bringing things here to my office. And with that, it doesn't, this opens now the door for us to be able to tell them about Christ. Because once you show, you know, people want to look at you and see, do you really love me? And, you know, and um, uh, if, you really love them and they are, they have a, when you meet somebody's need, let's say like not just the ones, but a need, a real need. That person, if you tell, they will want to know more about what you do. They will, know, they will see your heart in a different way. And they will think, why is this person loving me and I'm African and they're white, and they don't even know about me. Why do they care? And then they find that you are caring because of Christ. Then they will want to know more about the Christ that you serve. And that's how many people, uh, those who are coming here now from Africa, even if they are Muslims, they are coming here, and many of them are becoming Christians because they are seeing the love of Christ through the people of the Quad Cities. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I've you know I've interacted with... Uh with that same type of situation. And it's just amazing to see the openness to the gospel, as well as uh, just being able to provide basic needs that we can take so for granted. And I know a lot of churches uh, in the past have just given money, get written checks to foreign missionaries, which you say amen to. I'll take those to Kenya and work. But you have a unique perspective of not only working in Kenya, but also here in the United States with local ministries and local churches uh, doing the same type of things. And what I want to ask you is, uh, you know, how can churches and what is the need for churches to get involved working in poverty, church planting, these very same things that you're telling me you need to do in Kenya, how do we get involved in that here in the and in, in wherever the listeners live? You know, actually, the best place to do is if churches can either, um, uh, you know, if the mission committee or those people who are, you know, instead of looking for, I know, and I say this having a ministry in Kenya, and I will really, uh, you know, we have so many needs in Kenya too. But if there are those people who feel just called where you want to go and be able to connect with some people around here, if, first, if you call World Relief, and ask them. We have, you know, people who are arriving every day. We have people who have needs all the time. Like, uh, you know, um, we have things that are done here, you know, that you can get involved. 
you know, there are so many ways of being involved. If you call World Relief, they will really connect you with the, you know, the people. And also, if people want just to know, how can I, you know, you know, I, my church wants to put, you know, to, 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 to see how we can put children together or, you know, have, you know, um, uh, you know, just to do something with the local uh, refugee communities who have come here. There's, you know, you can, there's so much, you can meet the needs or you can also um, have, we have seen that there are many people who are even getting, um, when they come here, they don't know how to become Americans. Mm-hmm. They need people, they are counselors or people who can be able to sit down with them and train them on how to become an American. There are people who are getting into, you know, uh, trouble with the law. And the, all the, and they, you know, when they, we go to court because I have to go to, to translate for them, you find that they did not know. Nobody told them that this is not, you know, what, what they have grown up in doing. And it's not the same thing that they need to do here. So we need, there's so many needs that, you know, you can, people can get involved in training or supporting or meeting the needs of the local people. Yeah, it seems like training and education is so huge for what, you know, what they need. They need to know basic skills on how to live here in America. And, and, you know, World Relief is here in our town, and it's really a national organization. But I would just say do a Google search. If you're interested in working with refugees, most likely there's going to be more in your in your area, in your neighborhood possibly, that you've never even known. You might drive past somebody every single day and not know that they are from a different country. And I love that line where you said, the, you know, the nation's are coming to Jerusalem. They're coming to our home cities, and God wants us to reach them. I think God loves, uh, the Bible calls them aliens, but people that are not from your area, they're going to come, and we are able to serve and, and really share the gospel with them. Uh, I think uh, I was on, well, I, I was on a panel the other day, and uh, working with poverty and just raising awareness of poverty here in our area, and working with some different uh, pastors to raise awareness on reaching the needs in our cities. And and one thing I want to ask you, uh, one of the questions that got brought up, and I had to answer this, so I want to hear your answer, but they say, how can we go to these other countries when we drive past 50 homeless people on our way to the airport? And really what the person I think was getting at is, why do we need to go to the ends of the earth? Why do we need to go to China, Africa, uh, you know, all these different places to do foreign missions when we're not even taking care of the missions around our church, around our city? How would you re- reply to that? Um, it is, I will say, it is, it's, it's important to go outside, you know, to, to other countries. But... Um, um, I think our local churches, each church, there is where uh, you, the Lord, has called them. And if all the churches can come together, individuals can be called in a church to go outside. 
And there are people who, and as I talked in the beginning of this podcast, that everybody has a, is a different call. There are people who are yes. called more to reach the nations. Yes. There are people who are evangelists, but the Lord has called them. And the Lord gives sometimes specific uh, instructions that I'm calling you and I'm sending you to uh, to India. I'm sending you to Africa. And you know, and that's where the Lord wants to send you. But what I tell people is when I meet anybody who wants to go to Africa, I try to ask them whether they have ever been involved in their local community or in meeting, you know, in the missions, you know, around their their local communities. Because if really because that's a training ground. That's where the Lord wants you to, uh, you know, if you, the Lord is calling you and he wants you to go to the rest of the world, you are just jumping to the top before you start your Jerusalem. So if you feel the Lord calling, if the Lord really is going to, uh, to call you uh, to go as a missionary or for missions outside the country, I think and I believe with all my heart that the Lord will connect you with, you know, he will call you first as a missionary to your own community. Yeah, because being a missionary isn't about always just a place, but it's about ministering wherever you're at. Because a lot of people I hear, they go, well, I'm called to this country and I'll do ministry when I get there. And what they're missing out on is God calls us to share the gospel wherever we are. We don't have to go somewhere else to do ministry, but a lot of times what you're kind of saying is he's preparing us here and doing things at our local church that you do in Kenya, and we need to do the same type of ministry here and there. It's not one or the other, and I really agree with you on it that. It might look different, you know, in what the way you are going to do it yeah, here. Yeah, like the methods. You know, that, but it's the same thing. It's the same call. So the Lord cannot, you know, leave the people in the court cities or where you uh, you are to uh, to perish, or to not to hear the gospel, or for them not to be helped, or you know, if you feel really the Lord has called you for a homeless ministry, and then you want to take all that to uh, to, to Africa or to the other country, what about the people around you? So we need, if the Lord calls us, to be able to say, Lord, show me, open my eyes so that I can see how to do this, even where I am, before I go out and tell people, you know, about about you in another country. We have homeless people. We have, you know, um, needs all surrounding us. We are people who need. The, many people say, I went to this country and I had 10,000 people coming to the Lord. What about your neighbor? The people that, the, the, and you have never taught them about the Lord. You have never, you know, taught them that you are Christian. So it, we have ministries surrounding us where every day, where we are, where we work, and we need to uh, ask the Lord, Lord, what should I do today? Yeah, I know it's so much easier for me to go witness to somebody I may never see again in a different country through a translator because we're there to minister. But it's much harder to share the gospel with 
my own neighbor, with my own coworkers. It's really hard. All my coworkers are pastors, but <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying. It's it's a lot easier to always sometimes go to a different country where you're kind of set up for those ministries. We need to do that in our neighborhood, just like we expect missionaries to do in their neighborhoods around the world. And uh, yeah, there was a time even uh, you know, just I took a bus from uh, you know uh, from I was going to Santa Maria, California, and that's after Los Angeles. It took me twenty six uh, hours to reach there uh, in Greyhound bus, but from here. I preached the gospel in the bus when we were crossing the Green River, Utah. The bus driver had to to stop the bus so that I can lead him to the Lord. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so Andy, at one time he gave me the microphone to speak to the whole bus. Oh my goodness. When we came back, you know, we arrived, uh, you know, here in, in Davenport and my wife was so amazed to see the whole bus standing and saying, Pastor, you know, we, we cannot believe that you're going. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in, and they all told my wife that he has been, you know, uh, you know, telling us about the Lord. Everybody that I sat with in those buses, I taught them about the Lord. Yeah, and we need and, more people like that. That's and pretty amazing. That's what we know. There, there are times I've taken buses from just from here going town in downtown, uh, you know, Davenport or around here, so that I can tell people about the Lord. So we have people sitting all around us, and it's just for us to know that you know we, you know, like homeless people, they are everywhere. They need you know, uh, they need somebody to go to visit them. Yes, they are not there by choice. Most of them, they're there because of situations. And if we all can, you know, get out out of our comfort and out of what we feel that this is mine and just be able to share, you know, the, the salvation that the Lord has given us, the resources that the Lord has given us. And even if you don't have anything, you have the Lord that you can share with the people. So we are everybody has something that they can put, you know, and just donate to the people who have needs. Wow, that's amazing. I, I uh, <laughs> that really challenges me because it's so easy to be timid because you feel like this rejection and you know just getting on a bus and sharing the gospel. I think that really shows and uh, our shows our listeners just your passion for Jesus. And I know how passionate you are and. Uh, lastly, uh, just kind of last topic I want to talk about, and I really appreciate your time, you know, spending with us uh, doing two different interviews. But I want to talk about short-term mission trips. There's a lot of controversy on whether short-term mission trips are beneficial, uh, whether we should be spending three, four, five thousand dollars to going to foreign countries. I want you to speak on the topic of short-term mission trips, the benefit, uh, what they do in the people's hearts. Uh, what they do for the people in Kenya for bringing other outsiders to do that ministry. Or maybe you're on the other side and you say that $5,000 could drill two two wells and serve a whole community or start a church. How do you deal with some of those short-term mission trip topics? Um, I think it it, it depends on how you look at a a short-term mission trip. 
and you know also what why you are going and what you're going to be doing yes now we have let me put it this way uh, last year we took a dentist from Clinton uh Dr Mike Callan and he went and our children the 270 children they had never had their teeth you know uh checked since they were born and the, he went there and was able to see all these children and he was able to do all feelings you know all you know tooth extractions and all that he took care of that and you know the whole village and there's nobody else that could do that you know in the village or in the area we have but the doctors here most of them yes. are, are you know more trained than you know the the Kenyan doctors yes This year we went with a eye doctor from in in, in Dewitt uh, you know uh, Dr Palmer and he did not uh, we had never had our children you know had their eyes checked yes he, he, we have doctors there but they are not as trained so what i'm trying to say is uh one of the things is the um the mission trip can be beneficial but it can be just people going to, for a tour like a vacation to, yeah a vacation to go around and so you have to plan your mission trip in a very good way that there will be something that people will go one of the big things is um most of the people that you take uh or we t- like us now fishers of men takes we take our sponsors sponsors who have been either sponsoring children or you know to go to uh, or who have supported several you know you know constructions or several projects and when they go there they go to see or uh, if if it's a medical clinic we take people to go to work in that medical clinic with the other people like now next next year 2015 we we are putting doctors and we are putting construction people we won't been doing renovation in our whole school all the eight classes and all the you, you, all that it will be beneficial because of the people will go and work yes this is work that can be done by the local people but you know going with missionaries and involving them it makes them to come back here and tell people about you know what you know you, you know what they did not just what they went there and you know just went around and saw and they start seeing how hard it is it is beneficial uh, to a way that you introduce you give uh, you know you introduce the people who have been supporting you to what they have supported so i think it is um our uh, unless just somebody wants to go i want to go to africa one time and i don't want to go back again it's good for people to know that if you're taking a mission trip go establish a relationship whereby you can come and become a blessing to those people in the long you know you know not just to go one time and you're done 
it's so it can be beneficial but it can be a waste of the five thousand dollars yes you know good taking all the way there and you are you are not going to think about it I've taken people who when they come back here they not never even send me email again they never co- contact me about they they fulfilled what their dream was just yes. to go to Africa yes. and tell people that they've been to Africa but a mission trip should not be where you put a lot of money just to go to see the animals and see Africa and be able to for your prestige to be saying I've been to a mission trip to Africa go and become a missionary to serve to go there serve and come back here and continue serving the same people that you are going to interact with yeah i think that's that's a really great perspective and what i've noticed is a lot of times uh people don't realize the blessing that they've done to those uh national pastors or the people uh of the community they don't feel like they're having that much impact, but they really do have so much influence. They get to see other Christians from around the world. They get to see the support and that Americans aren't just uh, what we see on the media, those type of things. But also, it really draws people to a whole new level of relationship and intimacy with Jesus Christ because I think when I've seen the poverty and the things, that's just not what I grew up in. And it makes you appreciate, but also be so much more generous with what you have, and it, and it gives you a whole new perspective for being a Christian. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know, just uh, you know, well, people don't know how much the, the blessings that they bring, especially when I take people to go to teach. America, God has blessed America with when it comes to the teachings. Yes, you know, equipping pastors. America, you know, you know there, we have so great teachers here who have no place to teach, who have who don't have in you know people who are people are here are not ready to be taught because everybody thinks that they know. Yes. And so because materials are everywhere, everybody can access all these materials that we have for teachings. But if you put something together. Like now, we are trying to see how we can start training centers. And these training centers is where people can be, you know, a church. We can put all our churches together to teach them about business. Yes. And with that, when we we, we send people and they've been trained how to become business people. And, and, they, you know, and then we have a businessman here. There was a time we went with a farmer. Uh, from DeWitt, the chairman of our board. And he went and taught people about farming. And he put all the farmers in Kitale, where we have the, you know, our four churches, we have our orphanage and the school and the medical clinic. He put all those people together. And he taught them about how to get better yields uh, with their farming. Since then, we have our own farm, the school, our school as a farm. And we we tripled from what we were getting. Wow! Just for somebody telling them, you know, just somebody from here taking, you know, the same knowledge to Kenya and the teaching. So we have, you know, God has blessed the United States people with a lot of great, you know, you know, concepts and great teachings, especially you know, church related, and. 
if we you know we have you, when you take a mission trip and you are planned to go and uh, teach the local pastors you leave them to take whatever you have taught them to take them out to the field and uh, to the uh, to uh, to everybody else you become a blessing and you won't be preaching in Africa and you will there won't be winning source but you will have planted you know you know you know as they go to uh, to uh, to be able to uh, to teach yeah i think a lot of people feel like they don't do ministry because they're not uh, a preaching pastor and really what you're saying is you could be a businessman you could be a farmer you could be a school teacher and do mission work because all that it has kingdom value and you can minister to people and help their their everyday needs take them out of some of these poverty situations and allow the church to grow be able to be self-sustaining all these things i think most people don't believe that they are a minister but really god has called all of us to do ministry and you can go on a foreign mission trip short-term trip and teach and train people that have never had the opportunities you have and that's a real, I just think that's awesome. Yeah, we went with a doctor this time in last August. And, uh, you know, the doctor from Dewitt. And when we, every time we invited him to speak, he said, you know, I'm not a speaker. <laughs> but I want to help you to go to preach the gospel. And, uh, you know, and with the way he's going to help you to do, and I said, I want to go with you to, to do it. And the way I'm going to go with you is to make sure that your eyes are going, can be able to read the, God, the, the Bible. And one of the pastors could not read anything. Wow. You know, one of our pastors, the one in, you know, the, uh, you know uh, in charge of Eastern Kenya, and he operated the, this pastor's highs. And right now he can see a hundred percent than just you know more than what he has done in the last twenty years. Praise God! <laughs> so this doctor became a missionary to open the eyes of this pastor to be able to read the, the the gospel. So that's what the Lord has called him as a missionary. So it doesn't matter, you know, everybody has something that they can do, and whatever the Lord you can be. A construction worker, and you can go to, to Kenya and go and help in doing construction, and you just you know do construction with the other people in Kenya, and that's what and your instructions on you know giving better ways or showing better ways of doing construction. It that helps a lot. That's what the Lord has called you to do. So you don't have to say, "I have to be an evangelist. I have to be able to give a three-hour sermon like in Africa." Yeah. You have to uh, preach for a long time. But the Lord has called all of us to to be something to in the body of Christ. Joshua, I just really appreciate you being on the show. Such so much wisdom, and I've really been blessed, and I'm learning every single day as somebody uh, that's not been on a foreign mission field long term, but being a missionary right here in my local community. So thank you so much. How can people reach you online? Uh, people can just go more, I think, to our website is where they can learn, you know, read a lot of what we are doing, see the pictures of all what we you know, the water wells, many water wells that we have done, more than 10 water wells in and, uh, you know, you know, on all the communities and then the needs that we are. What's that website? Uh, the website is fomministries.org. And also they can send email f o m at f o m ministry dot org. 
Awesome, man. Well, thank they you. can call our office 563-823-5819. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. I just appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, that was some great stuff, and I hope you liked it. Joshua really, really practices what he preaches, and you know he has this call of God on his life like he explained in that interview, and I want you to connect with Joshua or Fishers of Men's Ministries, and you can go to fomministries.org. Uh, for all of the, his info and tons of more photos and just different stuff about his ministry. Or you can check out the show notes for his social media accounts. I have links in the show notes for those. Well, I just want to talk a little bit and just my thoughts about the interview and, and what the Bible says about loving others, especially aliens, outsiders, sojourners. The Bible uses all these different terms for people that are from different countries living amongst the people of God. Uh, in our case, amongst uh, the people of the United States where outsiders have come in and live amongst Christians. And I know there's always this underlying love that God has for sojourners, people living outside of their homeland. God has this love. Deuteronomy 24, 17 through 22, you know, talks about how God's people should always treat outsiders. Um, verse 17 says that, we should not pervert justice to them. And then he gives instruction in verse 19 through 22 to leave extra food for them to live off of. This is just so amazing because God wants us to provide love and serve those outsiders. And he reminds the people of Israel that this is all because we they were once outsiders, refugees, sojourners in the land of Egypt, and God brought them out of that, and God has blessed them. They really didn't do it for themselves. And I, I think this is just such a great point because God's heart, it's for us to take outsiders, not to reject them, not to shun them, not to be racist towards them, but to bring them into the family of God. And I just really love that. Also, Paul talks about Ephesians in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. He talks about how we as our spiritual lives, uh, that we are outsiders to Jesus Christ. And in verse 12 of chapter 2, he says that we're alienated from God, this outside of spirituality, outside spiritually uh, of Jesus Christ in a relationship with God. And in verse 19, after we've been saved, after Jesus saves us, he, he talks about how we are no longer aliens, outsiders, strangers, but he uses this terminology, fellow citizens with the saints of God's household. And I just think that's so amazing that we are outsiders to God in a relationship with him, but he brings us in. He adopts us into his family, allows us to sit at his table in the household of God. And this is the heart of God to love and care for outsiders, to bring them into his family. And we have to care about them. So I want to ask the question, how do we care for outsiders in the community that we see? I know they'll be watching you. The, the community is going to see how we care for these outsiders. And so, you know, this type of ministry is a great way to get involved and show the community that really what the heart of God is. Also, it's great uh, training ground. I know Joshua talked about this, and I just think this is so true that so many people want to be a foreign missionary. They may have never even gone to a different country. Maybe they don't know what it entails, but if they are not serving in their local community, probably they're not going to be very effective on the mission field because God's ministry and call on your life is for anywhere you are. 
we are all called to be missionaries wherever we are, whether it's in your hometown or it's on the other side of the globe. But we are called to be missionaries, and first we're called to be missionaries in our community. And I just think it's so awesome because I love his his words, but the nations have been brought to us. And I wanted to recap a couple ways uh, that we can get involved with serving refugees, just from what I gleaned from him and my own thoughts. But First thing is you can get connected with organizations like World Relief. Just call up somebody, get connected with an organization, and they will hook you up with the ways that you can reach out to refugees or needy people in your city that may not be from there. Also, it could just be somebody moving in from another state. Maybe they have a different tradition or background or religion that you can care for them and serve them. Second thing is a one-time just help. You know, there, there's always needs just one time. Just start it out. Figure out one way that you can help and just try from there. And what I know is that you're, it's contagious, that you'll love to serve people. But just pick one time and help with some basic tasks in, uh, of these people's lives. You know, uh, it could be furnishing an apartment for a refugee coming in. It could be driving somebody to the hospital, teaching English as a second language, taking them a meal, getting their children registered for school. You know, anything that you can think of that you're doing, they're going to probably need help with. Excuse me. Also, have your family or small group adopt. uh, Third thing, have your family or small group adopt a family and support them as much as possible. So it may not be just a one time, but this is an ongoing relationship where your small group or family says, hey, we want to adopt a family into our family and just teach them the ropes, the ways of life. And most likely, you're going to have so much influence in their life that they're going to say, why are you doing this? And you can share Jesus Christ with them. That, that leads to number four. And four serve them. They'll always see Jesus through you. Our actions lead people to the Lord. Now, not just actions, not just what we do leads people to the Lord. They're not going to have a relationship with God just because our actions, but that leads us and gives us credibility to ask, they might ask this question, why do you help me? And you can respond with the gospel message of how God of the universe, Jesus Christ, wants a relationship with them. And I just think that's awesome. Last thing, it's real simple. Uh, Number five could just be, maybe you don't have a lot of time, money, energy, but you could donate household items, lightly used items that you have, or buy at a garage sale. That just is always helpful. So those are just five ways that you can help refugees and uh, a couple little tips. I think that's a wrap. Uh, We're going to be finishing up this episode of the Renewing Our City podcast. Hey, check out the blog, pastormattshaw.com forward slash 004. I try to publish uh, helpful articles and just tips for you to uh, live on mission of God. Also, you can find this episode at pastormattshaw.com forward slash 004. Also, I would love for you to answer the question on the blog. Uh, Answer this question. Do you know someone from a different country in your neighborhood? What are the ways that you can bless them or that you already are blessing them? You know, get creative and share this with our community. I'm sure you guys have so many good ideas and I would love to hear them. You know, if you want to connect with me, another way is on Twitter and that's at Pastor Matt Shaw. Or you can leave a comment about the show or ask a question using the hashtag RenewingOurCity. You know, the last thing I want to share is I just really appreciate Joshua coming on for two shows. And also, for you, the listeners, uh, just can't do it without you. You guys are so amazing. I just really appreciate it. So thank you so much.